hello and welcome <laughs> this is a what if i told you podcast a show that is going back to its otherworldly roots at least for today yeah just like our gentleman here on the wall yeah i've been waiting for one like this for a while stories like this just don't always present themselves no i mean, I mean there's a lot yeah but you you know we gotta keep people waiting yeah and there's oh usually like not that much to it that's true you know one of our reviews from like australia or great britain i can't remember which one it was um like the little heading was like calling all alien lovers or something like that (laughs) we talk about aliens a lot even on non-alien episodes well yeah so they deserve to be talked about yeah i mean even if it's not fully about aliens you're gonna get a little bit every episode or so yeah all right uh our tiktok is out here doing stuff yep the instagram still exists also, our email, what if I told you podcasts at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and send us a little email. Yeah. I'm really trying to figure out the algorithm for reels, IG reels, because. <laughs> <laughs> I just chugged a latte, so. Like, straight to the dome, 100%. <laughs> Through a straw. <laughs> whoa it might get a little weird um because brody and i do have plans to get taco bell after this uh i'm suddenly rethinking that but uh we'll see you never know how you're gonna feel in an hour yeah yeah things change (laughs) the algorithm for ig reels i think it is a code that is just unbreakable first of all because I looked at, I googled it, because you can google best time to post on TikTok, best time to post on IG, and it'll tell you, like, on Monday, the best times are 10 a.m., 6 p.m., and 11 p.m., or something like that. And so I've posted TikToks at different times, and they all seem to kind of do the exact same. 10 a.m.? Yeah. Do people not have jobs? Well, they're, they're scrolling TikTok at their jobs. I mean. <laughs> or, like, because a lot of them are probably working remotely. A lot of people got to do that permanently. That's true. You know, Lauren was one of those. She pretty much, she goes in branch, like, three days a month. Dude. So. I love that for her. Yeah. It's, hell yeah. But what's super weird is on my personal Instagram, I posted a reel like three weeks ago randomly on a Sunday no it was a Saturday because my nephew had his birthday party at a bowling alley Mm -hmm. and so obviously I went to his birthday party well my niece Charlotte she's five and she she just basically took over an entire lane to herself and was just fuck she would just fucking roll the ball down there didn't care if it hit any pins or not. She would just roll it and turn around, and she had a little jig that she was doing. Sounds like me bowling. So, on one that I took a video of, she rolls the ball, turns around, does a jig, and then she gets a strike. It's like a 10-second video. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Yeah. But it was a while ago. Yeah, this is like almost a month ago. Yeah. And <laughs> I... Took the video, posted it on Instagram, on Reels. It's like literally 15 seconds, and that's all it is, is her doing a dance. Mm -hmm. That shit has almost 10,000 views on Reels. And like 300 likes. Really? Yeah. That's weird. And then just to, I was just testing, I posted a Reel of, from when Dakota and I were in Ireland, we went to the Guinness, uh, like, storeroom. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can tour the facility and all this. And then once you get to the top, you can go into this lounge and they give you a pint of Guinness and print your picture on top. Yeah. So I posted that on Reels at, because Dakota was like, I think the best time to post a Reel is like 6 p.m. So I posted that Reel as a test 
at like 5.30 or 6 in the evening. I mean, it has like 400 views, but that's nothing compared to the 10,000 that this reel of Charlotte got. Wow. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it is. Some hit and some don't. Yeah. I just think it's luck of the draw, really. It has to be. They're just like, this girl doing a weird dance and not caring about the fact that she just bowled a strike. Cool. Yeah. Everyone needs to see this. Yeah. All right. Well. Charlotte's a fucking star. (laughs) (laughs) Open her bank account. That's right. Yeah, well, no one likes our Instagram posts, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty, what's weird is I'm like pretty stingy about likes on Instagram, but whenever I'm scrolling through TikTok, I've been handing out likes everywhere. I don't like a single thing on TikTok. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't like anything on, I don't like anything ever. Yeah. I only like stuff on Instagram if I know the person. Yeah. But on TikTok, I think it's because on TikTok, anything that you like is saved. So you can go back to that video. Yeah. So that is kind of, that's like the incentive to click the like on a TikTok. It's just any video I would ever want to watch again, I send to you and Cheyenne. Right. Um, So it's there for me anyways. Yeah. I like the pod stuff on TikTok. Me too. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I'll like post it and then wait and then I'll go back in there. That, yeah, that's what I do for Instagram, too, yeah. is I'll post on Sunday, switch to my account, like it. Yeah. I mean, you have to. It's kind of sad, but I mean... I don't think it's sad. I do like our podcast, so... I know. I mean, we're here. I mean, those little things that we make are cute. Yeah. I like it. Me, too. No shame. I do a good job, man. That's all I'm saying. So, for hey. all you haters out there... And I don't think we, <coughs> I'm going to go with, we don't have haters. Well, listen, we're almost at 10,000 downloads, right? Yeah. All of these bitches out here listening to our podcast are not following us on Instagram. That's true. That is true. Just do it. I don't understand. <laughs> we know that you have an Instagram and if you don't have an Instagram, you have a Facebook, follow us on Facebook and we know you all have TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, everyone has. You know what? Lauren doesn't have TikTok. Lauren. I, I Every time I want to send her a TikTok, I have to text it to her. You know what's really weird? Brody and I send, like, text each other TikToks, and that's it. We never send them to each other on TikTok. They're so much easier to watch on TikTok. You're right. Which is why I keep telling Lauren. I'm like, hey, get a TikTok simply so that I can send these to you and it's easier for you to watch. Yeah. I feel a burp coming on. Of course you do. You just drink 16 ounces of coffee in one minute. (laughs) Oof. Are lattes coffee or espresso? They're espresso. I wonder how many shots are in this. There's two. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, because it's only 16 ounces. Yeah. We're good. I mean, I'm feeling a little out of body, but it's all right. I mean, sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's Wednesday night. Um, we're not eating together. Mm-mm. And as I just said, um, I thought about that new program that we're looking into to record and edit. Mm-hmm. That would be so fucking dope, dude. Yeah. Is Anyways. there like a free trial you can do? There's a 30 day free trial. Oh, hell yeah. We're doing that shit. The only thing I need to make sure is that I can, like, sign on to it at home if we're recording here. I'm assuming it's a, it's an account thing. Yeah, I would assume so. But, I mean, honestly, if it's super, like, if it just takes no time at all to edit, I don't see why, like, oh, I said like. See, when I edit, I take shit like that out, too. Mm -hmm. Unless it's just, I'm just not into it that day. I don't see why while we're here and after we record, like, I can sit there for five minutes and take that stuff out. Like, do all the sound quality shit, take that stuff Mm -hmm. out, and then, like, send the audio file to myself to, like, add the song and stuff. Yeah. Anyways. Just spitballing. Yeah. We saw a super cool TikTok this week. 
things might be changing a little for the pod. I hope it leaves stuff like that in there. Me too. Yeah, I mean, what would people do if they didn't hear me viciously hiccup? (laughs) We're real people doing real human things. Before we forget to tell you, for all of those listening to us on Spotify, update your Spotify app if you have not already. Yeah. And there is now a feature to rate us. Five stars, obviously. Duh. Um, there's no place to leave like a written review, but you can rate us. And that is a new feature to Spotify. We don't know how new it is, but I heard a host talking about it on a podcast the other day. So go ahead and do that. If you haven't, that would be super awesome. Yeah. I think it's got to be fairly new because I usually keep most of my apps up to date. Mm-hmm. And I yesterday had to physically go in, update my app and wait and then restart the app in order for the actual like rate button to show up for me weird so it has to be pretty new it has to be um but you have to go to the podcast page and then there's a little bubble underneath like the logo that says rate yeah so so go ahead and just grab your phone really quick and do that you can do that while you're listening to this podcast yeah and you're like you know what this is a five-star podcast. That's right. I'm going to go ahead and let them know that. In the first 10 minutes, we heard both of them hiccup and burp. Yeah. This is high-quality content. I'm making a sacrifice for you guys tonight. Um, That's right. At the rate that I drink that coffee, I feel like I shouldn't be on air. <laughs> it was not Irish coffee, I swear. We good. I needed it. I was super sleepy today. Yeah. I was not, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So, moving on. We have other business happening here. The date of recording is... Hold on. I don't know what day it is. What day is it? April 6th. (laughs) I took the date off of my watch and put a different icon there, so now I don't know what day it is. (laughs) So it's the 6th of April, but this is going to come out on the 11th. So the 12th is Emily's birthday. Yep. I will be 128. Hell yeah. I think that's probably prime years, 128. So so yeah, happy birthday to Emily. Um, Last year's birthday post was probably untoppable. You're right. So... No pressure. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have a week to figure it out. I did save a photo of you from your scene kid days, so just bear that in mind. (laughs) Excuse me? Listen, I have so many screenshots of Lauren, it's unbelievable. (laughs) And back in the day, she used to send me photos of her, like, on Snapchat of herself doing (laughs) the craziest shit, like, making the weirdest faces. Oh, I'm going to print them someday and present them to her. Oh, no. So, you know, this is what this is what we do. Anyway, so we got the happy birthday underway. What's our Chips Corner? Okay, so Chips Corner for today. Uh, Chip is out of control, if he, anyone's noticed. For, yeah, he's been really out of control this past week. Yeah, so... This is going back to our episode on the green children, which was two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And this is what Chip has to say. In most all fantasy lore, when you go into the fey realm, the sun is usually in a fixed location. Depending on where you are, it will just always be that time of day or night. So if it's constantly twilight where you are but you start walking to the west, it will eventually become bright, versus if you walk to the east, it'll get darker. A lot of fey realms have multiple moons, too. Going on, he said, The material plane, which is the plane of existence where we reside, is in the middle of all the planes of existence. The one above us, not below, is the fey realm. Everything there is enhanced with color, life, sounds, etc., The one below us is called the shadow realm or the negative plane. Everything there is dark and gloomy. Most things are colorless and dead or rotting. 
Um, he gave an example. If anyone's watched Stranger Things, the Upside Down is actually in the Shadow Realm. And he said the kids could have been from the Fey Realm, but just an area that never got sun, but had sun since it was always twilight. So it was just beyond the horizon. These are great points. Yes. Thank you, Chip. We're going to bear that in mind. I mean, we we did like the theory of the Fae being involved in some way. Right. Obviously. So. <sighs> Thanks, Chip. That was riveting. He also did answer our question about the caves, too. He said there would have absolutely been caves because that's how they got gold and silver. Yeah, he said... It was just above this that book. See, and this is what I was thinking whenever I posed the question about the caves, was they had to have been mining for precious metals because that's how they created their money. Yeah, he said mining specific materials has been around for 20 to 40,000 years. It's hard to conceptualize the idea that humans were on this earth 40,000 years ago. My tiny, my little mind just can't encompass the idea of 40,000 years of existence. No, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot of existing. <laughs> that's too many years. One more piece of business before we get into the topic of discussion today. Another celebration for April 12th, which is very fortuitous that April 12th is your birthday, and also the adoptiversary of April. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. We got April on April 12th, 2016, so we will have officially had her six years. Aww. So precious. <clears throat> she... I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she was so small when we picked her up that she fit in a hoodie pocket. That precious little baby. She was the cutest puppy I've ever seen in my life, in a completely unbiased opinion. Um, so... We did not name her April because we got her in April. <laughs> that was just a happy accident. Uh, we named her after April Ludgate from Parks and Rec. So, duh. duh. I think I even have said her full name on the pod before. I, I think call, so. I call her April Ludgate all the time. Yeah. Uh, particularly when she eats the trash. And second, April 14th is the anniversary of Angel's death. So I usually take that day off, which I am going to this year as well, obviously. This year is eight years. So cheers to April, Angel, and Emily. All the vowels. That, that flows together so nicely. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. So this is a big week for us as a collective. It is. <clears throat> that brevet milk is sitting in the throat. Mm. Yum. I think you could probably name a porno that. <laughs> Sitting in the throat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It probably is already a porno name. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Google it. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of porno. <laughs> Go ahead and put it on images, too. <laughs> a couple weeks. This was like last week. I don't remember what we were talking about, Dakota and I. Oh, we were talking about like a black house because I'm obsessed with owning a black house. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I saw a picture of this amazing black house. You have to see it. And I was like, okay. And he was like, go just type in black.com. And I had, <laughs> I was completely like, okay. I'm going to see this amazing house. It was not houses. Okay. <laughs> it was just, it was full penetration. <laughs> and I was like, ah, what's happening here? Why? And he just, I think he was crying. He was laughing so hard. Okay, it's giving us uh GERD. <laughs> GERD. <laughs> Hit images. <laughs> okay, it's completely benign. Well, that's a letdown. <clears throat> yeah, no porn came up. It's just people <laughs> holding 
holding their throats. <laughs> Gerd. <laughs> what is We this? don't know why they're holding their throats. <laughs> they're just sitting there. Why are they all wearing white shirts? <laughs> they really are. Oh, hers is off-white. This, this is ridiculous. They all look like they're sitting in the same house, too. <laughs> it's a cult. Ugh. It's a cult. All right. Well, <clears throat> Emily has GERD. We've diagnosed her <laughs> live on air. What a cool ass thing to have. GERD. My friend Drew has GERD. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not like a huge deal. It sounds like, I don't know. It just sounds like, uh, hmm. it doesn't it's, sound real. It's like, um, a more intense version of like acid reflux that's yeah. part it's gastroesophageal reflux disease all right i only know that because of dree <laughs> okay so now that we've talked for 20 minutes yeah today we're going to be talking about the lonnie zamora incident and if you don't know what that is it is a story about aliens yep obviously duh <clears throat> Let me clear my gird away. <laughs> gird. All right. Picture this. New Mexico. 1964. <laughs> Obviously it's New Mexico. I mean, come on. Yeah. Police officer Lonnie Zamora was tending to his typical... <laughs> I almost said dairy routine. <laughs> was tending to his typical daily routine of ticketing speeders outside of the city of Socorro. Typical police officer. Sheesh. I mean, can't people just speed in peace? Yeah. Zamora found himself in a pursuit of a speeding vehicle when he saw something that would change his life forever. Dun, dun, dun. On April 24th, 1964, at approximately 5.45 p.m., he broke away from a chase after hearing an explosion in the distance, followed by seeing smoke on the horizon. He radioed dispatch, and dispatcher Nep Lopez received the call. First of all, the name Nep is amazing. Love it. What is Nep short for? I need to know. Neptune? <laughs> is that a name we're seeing? I mean, this is the 60s, but... I don't know. They're in New Mexico. It's pretty spacey out there. Neptune? Hmm. Love it. So, Neptune Lopez received the call. <laughs> and... <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't with Nep. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Stop it. <laughs> That's oh, so shit. stupid. It's not even that funny. <laughs> Zamora described what he heard and saw, and he noted that he was going to go investigate the disturbance and then began traveling in the direction of the blast. It seems like at this point that he thought it might be a car crash that caused all this noise and smoke. Then, <laughs> Zamora told Lopez that he would be checking the car down in the Arroyo, also called a wash. It's a dry creek stream or a gulch that temporarily or seasonally fills and flows after sufficient rain. Oh my god. Nep. <laughs> Flows after sufficient rain. Um, flash floods are common in arroyos following thunderstorms. So shortly after, Lopez receives another radio call from Zamora asking Lopez to look out the window to see if he could see an object. Sus. Mm-hmm. As Officer Zamora got closer to the area... He left his police cruiser and continued into the desert on foot. Bad idea, bro. 
bad idea. Don't ever continue into the desert in any situation. Especially not when you're alone. No. Steer clear. Shortly after, he approached a small valley where he saw something he has not been able to explain to this day. Mm. When Lopez asked Zamora to describe it, he said, it looks like a balloon and requested New Mexico State Police Sergeant Chavez to meet him at his location. He describes a large white craft similar in size and shape to a propane storage tank. This is different. Yeah. So in the articles, sometimes it says that he described it as looking like a balloon, while others says it descri- it, he describes it to be similar to a propane tank. I don't know if everyone knows what a propane tank look like looks like, but it's, it's like, not really the shape of a balloon. No, it's like pill-shaped. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a, yeah. I, I guess, I don't know. That, to me, that's two completely different shapes. Maybe he's thinking of those, like, big balloons, you know, that a are blimp? more, oh, yeah, more like blimp style. I love that word. Blimp. Yeah. 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 He could that's what he could be thinking of cuz those are similar in shape, propane tank and a blimp. Yeah. Similar ish. How come we never see blimps? I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen one in my whole life. Like I've seen one, you know. I've only seen like photos of them or on TV, I guess. Wonder how you can get a blimp. Chip, how do we get a blimp? Yeah. We need a pod blimp. Yeah, we are trying to ramp up the advertising of this show, so. Dude, you want to drive a blimp around the sky? Hell yeah. Okay, cool. So, anyways, this balloon blimp-shaped thing um, rested on three legs that extended down onto the desert floor. On the side of the craft was a red insignia of a... horizontal line with an upwards facing arrow contained under an arch when sergeant chavez arrived he asked zamora what the trouble was and uh officer zamora led him to examine some burning brush and when the other police officers arrived they noted patches of smoldering grass grass and brush so it's just a whole shit show out here yeah so like I'm what I'm envisioning when I think of <clears throat> what he's describing is that maybe the like explosion that he heard and the smoke was this craft like firing its engine. Yeah. And then the I guess it it's not likely that an alien spacecraft would be combustion engine. Right. But maybe there is some flame or heat coming out of whatever kind of engine it is. Has to be. Has to be. So that would come out like the bottom of the craft or whatever and scorch the area around it. Right. It makes sense. That's what I'm envisioning. And then by the time he's actually walking up on the scene, it's like flying away yeah it's like oop yeah gotta get out of here see ya so that's you know who knows uh but <clears throat> now we're going to talk about the claims of lonnie zamora so zamora told authorities that he was pursuing a speeding car south of socorro new mexico when he heard a roar and saw a flame in the sky to the southwest at some distance, probably a half mile. So, so this says, there are different accounts of this. Obviously, it's a very old story. But this one says that he thought a local dynamite shack might have exploded. <laughs> so he went to investigate the potential explosion. So either he's thinking a car crash or a dynamite shack. Now, I'm guessing in the 60s, dynamite shacks weren't uncommon. Yeah, illegal. Right. <laughs> Bottle <laughs> rockets are illegal now, so can't just be rolling up on a whole shed full of dynamite. Um, 
So he claimed to observe a shiny object to the south about 150 to 200 yards. At first, he believed it to be an overturned white car up on its radiator or trunk, so like one end or the other. The object was like aluminum, and it was whitish against the Mesa background, but not chrome, and shaped like the letter O. So a balloon. So this is more balloon style. Then you have like propane tank style. So it was, yeah, it was a shape not in the rectangle family. (laughs) Yeah, it was not pointy. (laughs) No, it was at least in the circle family or oval family. Um, Zamora also claimed to have briefly observed two people in white coveralls beside the object who he later described as being normal in shape, but possibly small adults or large kids. I really hope that aliens wear coveralls. Of course. That would make me really happy. Yeah, because I think most assumptions are that they just don't wear clothes at all. Right, and that's ridiculous. Sure. I mean, maybe in their on their home planet they don't wear clothes, but when they visit our planet that they have been studying for eons, they know that we wear clothes, so they're emulating us and wearing clothes. Right. And visiting a small town like this in New Mexico in the 60s, probably like, we should put on some coveralls maybe. Yeah. Fit yeah. in a little bit. These people seem like they don't like to show off much of their skins. Yeah. So we better put on coveralls. Yeah. Even though this is the desert. Well, you know, you got to protect your skin. Yeah, you got to protect your skin. Maybe their planet's farther away from the sun and the earth seems way too hot and they are afraid of melanomas. You think they were just wearing like coveralls, no shirt? Like tied around their waist or just... No, like coveralls that like, you know, like bibs. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like coveralls, like sleeves. Oh, no. When I think coveralls, I think, like, bibs. Okay, so you're thinking overalls. Right, but coveralls, not denim. Like, Carhartt coveralls, they are like overalls, but they're called coveralls. See, I'm thinking of what Dakota wore in the Navy, and their coveralls were, it, you know, it had, it was full-sleeved, full-leg, zip-up, done deal. Oh, like a, like a... Like a jumper suit type deal? One yeah. piece? It, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, no, I don't know. I just grew up with, like, that's what everyone called, like, their Carhartt coveralls. Yeah, my dad also had those, but his also had sleeves. Oh, this is very weird. Yeah. I mean, he had the ones that were just straps, but he always called his bibs. He never called them anything else. And the coveralls had the sleeves. Because they covered it all. Maybe my whole life's been a lie. I think maybe there's... Uh, a misnomer happening. Yeah. Either way, when it says coveralls, I think sleeves. Well, I hope that they were overalls because <laughs> that's what I've been picturing this whole time. <laughs> well, if they were overalls, I hope they had no shirts as well. Anyway, now that we have the coverall debacle out of the way. Um, so... Clearly, he's describing these two people as small in stature, because he said small adult or large child. So I'm thinking like five foot tall. Yeah. Max. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some reports details more describing the people he saw in more UFO terms. So I'm guessing some reports, maybe Zamora doesn't refer to them as people at all. Maybe he refers to them as beings. That's kind of a UFO-y term. Yeah. Or maybe he said they had large heads or seemed to have large heads because that seems to be a running theme. Very true. I don't know. It's very hard to say. But on, uh, let's see, there's a podcast that talks about the Lonnie Zamora incident and it's called The Things I Learned Last Night podcast. Uh, that's a long name, which ours is like long it. as well. But I like it. <laughs> the things I learned last night. 
Um, they said the following about the beings that Zamora saw. Quote, Lonnie details the beings as two larger than a child but smaller than an adult human-like beings, both wearing white suits similar to two beings spotted. Wait, I skipped a line. Wearing <laughs> white suits similar to laboratory equipment. After arriving on scene, the two beings spotted Zamora and quickly rushed back towards the craft. Lonnie Zamora then rushed for cover because he expected to be attacked. And then he heard what sounded like the slamming of a car door and then turned to see some sort of propulsion system lifting the craft vertically from the ground. The craft singed, singed, <laughs> Singed the sand below it as it ascended, and then it quickly blasted off towards the horizon without making a sound. So uh, this is what quote. I'm picturing. We've talked about propulsion systems before. True. Um, if you don't know about this, please go back and find whatever episodes it are that we talk about that. He keeps saying, like, you know, oval or round or whatever, and it was, like, up and down. Mm -hmm. I feel like he was seeing, like, the UFO, because, you know, we talked about how they don't lift, like, parallel to the ground. They turn, turn. and then go. Yeah. So I feel like maybe they're just kind of, like, maybe parked that way. And that's what he was, like, looking straight on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's also similar... One of the really famous sightings from, like, 2004 is that, um, like, Navy pilot or whatever. We talked about this in, in the last episode we did on aliens, where they were, like, off the coast of California. Yes. And he saw a pill-shaped. Mm-hmm. Because it was kind of, like, turned at a weird angle. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's... There's that. There's that. Um, and then, like, in our next bullet point, I, uh talk about propulsion oh yeah it's interesting that dr stephen greer who's one of the scientists that we talk about in the other two episodes we did on the aliens he talks about propulsion a lot i mean it's interesting as fuck yeah and so did bob lazar that's propulsion is always involved yeah so here here it is again it's frequent it's a ufology term like hands down propulsion if someone's talking about propulsion they're talking about aliens most likely yeah so i've really not heard it in any other context me either um and zamora also claimed to hear roar and see blue and orange flame under the object which then rose and quickly moved away so i'm just wondering what the explosion and smoke was that drew him to the scene I mean, I feel like UFOs have to have, like, mechanical difficulties once in a while. Mm -hmm. Maybe once they, like, get into, like, the Earth's atmosphere, like, some of their shit can go wrong. Yeah. I mean, if a, if one of our planes, like, kept going, something would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But if it wasn't damaged. Right. And if... If there wasn't enough time, because he was like, he said he was about a half a mile to a mile away when he heard the explosion and saw the smoke. Yeah. So I don't think that would have been enough time if there was a real malfunction on this craft for them to have landed, fixed it, got back in and leave as soon as he arrived. Right. That just doesn't seem like enough time to do that. I don't know. Maybe it was like the equivalent of a car backfire. Could be. Like, not that serious, but enough for you to go and look. Yeah. I don't know. Um, this part's really long, so I'm going to do, like, investigation and theories. So, Zamora's claims were actually investigated by a few governmental... Is that how you say that? Yeah, governmental. Governmental projects. Um, the U.S. Air Force's Project Blue Book, which is super interesting. Mm -hmm. We should do, an ep like, an episode on that sometime. Yeah. And, of course, civilian ufologists, because um, why not? Sure. And have been reported in the popular press and media also. Mm -hmm. 
So the UFO he witnessed that day would later officially be listed in the secretive Project Blue Book as, quote, unknown. (laughs) And the designation was only afforded to 700 of the 12,000 reports included in the mysterious report. That's pretty big. Yeah. To this day, proponents of UAP research point to the Lonnie Zamora incident as strong evidence of the existence of unidentified aerial phenomena. Which, just side note, I think we talked about this in our last, but they've officially stopped calling them UFOs and they're now calling them UAPs. Yeah. Which, they, all three of those words mean essentially the same thing. The same thing. thing, yeah. So I don't know why they felt the need to change it, but sure. So... I guess they're considering it, like, strong evidence because Lonnie is, like, a trained observer with an ability to discern the difference between natural aerial phenomena and then unidentified shit. Right. Which I don't know why being a police officer means that he would automatically know the difference between something that should be in the sky and something that is unusual. I feel like we as regular people would also be like, yo, that looks a little weird. Right. I mean, he's a police officer. His daily routine is giving speeding tickets. Why does that make him a trained observer? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of what cops think. Maybe there's a part of police training, like an academy that is about aliens. Any police officers listening, can you tell us if you have alien training in the academy yeah we need to know we're on a need to know basis right here (coughs) the clock is ticking although ufology groups consider the zamora incident quote one of the most credible extraterrestrial encounters on record several alternative explanations have been presented as usual and These include the testing of a lunar landing device by personnel from the White Sands Missile Range. Just out here, you know, launching missiles around. Sure. At the time of the incident, NASA was conducting tests for the lunar lander at the White Sands Missile Range, and supporters of this theory claim that Zamora witnessed this test and the beings he saw were actually just NASA scientists around the craft. Mm. All right. Okay. Um, but this theory doesn't really hold up. I I mean, I feel like for obvious reasons, but... Sure, yeah. The missile range was 100 miles away from the site, and NASA never tested the lander outside of that range. And tests of the lunar lander were conducted by a helicopter flying the lander to the test location and dropping it to test its landing capabilities. So Zamora would have clearly recognized the presence of a helicopter. Of course, they're loud as shit. And the lander looked far different than the craft described by him. And the craft also was not marked with a NASA logo. Right. And the NASA logo is, I mean, it's... Has been the same forever. It says NASA. Yeah. (laughs) It's literally in the logo. Yeah. So. Um, Another would be that this is a prank by students from the near... Well, I think I just had a stroke. Yeah. From the nearby New Mexico Tech. I feel like if I was going to college in New Mexico, I would love to pull a UFO prank. Of course. Or a UAP prank. Right. We have to move to using the correct terminology yeah so regarding the latter explanation then president of new mexico tech sterling colgate that's a strong name that's a strong ass name i mean he's to be feared first of all how are your teeth sterling and are you related to the colgate colgates this we need to know you know um He supported the idea that students from the school were responsible for the hoax and additionally wrote that the object observed by Zamora was a candle and a balloon. Not sophisticated. What? I'm sorry. Listen, Sterling. (laughs) That's a little wild. (laughs) Uh. Um, But this theory does seem to have some plausibility. 
Zamora had actually served as a campus police officer at New Mexico Tech, and during his time at the college, he apparently earned a negative reputation among all the students. So, his unpopularity and the nature of in the nature of the tech school allowing students access to impressive technologies could possibly explain what happened here. Uh, potentially. Maybe. Ooh, maybe not. Supporters of this theory believe that the entire incident was an elaborate prank on him. This theory does have a strong motive. However, not only does this theory not really explain how students were able to construct such an elaborate craft, but the school's president even stated that it was a candle in a balloon, and it seems unlikely that Zamora would be fooled by a candle in a balloon. Right. I just... It... They would also... There's a, a lot of, uh, like, room for error in that scenario, too, if this was, like, a hoax, because... How would, first of all, if they were out in the desert, how would they know he would be the one to respond? Right. Like, okay, sure. You can do the candle in the balloon scenario, set off some sort of explosion to get attention. But unless someone was, like, physically tracking him, Mm -hmm. there's no way that they could know that he would respond. And if anyone else responded, it, it would be, like for not yeah and honestly like i know this might sound kind of dumb like without cell phones like how were they like if they're out here like tracking him in the dark right did they have walkie talkies yeah i mean i would assume i just feel like to do something like this it would take quite a few people yeah spread out Mm -hmm. and a lot of communication right and they couldn't have followed him in the dark without him realizing he was being followed. Right, because he's a trained observer. Right, we've already gone over this. And uh, it's dark and your headlights would make you wildly conspicuous. Yeah. So it just, none of it adds up. None of it adds up. Okay, so UFO skeptic Stuart Campbell has suggested that what Zamora observed was almost certainly... A mirage of the star Canopus. Okay. So Canopus is the brightest star in the southern constellation of Carina and the second brightest star in the night sky. Okay. It is also designated a Carinae, which is Latinized to Alpha Carinae, with a visual apparent magnitude of minus 0.74. I don't know what that means. Uh, the only star that outshines Canopus is Sirius. Love it. Love it. Located around 310 light years from the sun, Canopus is a bright giant of spectral type A9. Chip, please, can you translate this into um, layman's terms, please? Thank you. So it is essentially white when seen with the naked eye. It has a luminosity over 10,000 times the luminosity of the sun, and it is eight times as massive. Okay, so it's big as shit and really fucking bright. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it has expanded to 71 times the sun's radius. Damn. Jesus goddamn Christ. Um, its enlarged photosphere has an effective temperature of around 7,400 degrees Kelvin. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit or Celsius, but it's a fuck ton. Canopus is undergoing core helium burning and is currently in the so-called blue loop phase of its evolution, having already passed through the red giant branch after exhausting the hydrogen in its core. Canopus is a source of x-rays, which are likely being emitted from its corona. Oh. Too soon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a lot of vernacular that I didn't fully understand. So anyway, this Stuart Campbell says that he just saw, that Zamora saw the star Canopus basically flare. I think is what he's saying. 
Um, so the prominent appearance of cannabis means it has been the subject of mythological lore along among many ancient peoples. Its proper name is generally considered to originate from the mythological Canopus, who was a navigator for King Menelaus of Sparta. Ooh. This got real weird this, real fast. This turned Greek hella quick. Um, I do know kind of the story. I think Menelaus was involved in the um, war with the Trojans and was kind of behind the whole Trojan horse scenario. Okay. I'm getting this all from the movie Troy starring Orlando Bloom and Brad Pitt that I was mildly obsessed with when I was young, mainly because Brad Pitt's naked in it and you can see his whole ass. So It's a good movie. Hella. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, Menelaus, Sparta, the a Chronicle Rising marked the date of the Polemia it's good enough for me. Sure. Some festival in Egypt. In ancient India, it was named Augustia after the revered Vedic sage. Oh my God, why don't I know any of what these things are? For Chinese astronomers, it is known as the Old Man of the South Pole. Okay, thank you, China. I love that. Although I do think that the name Augustia is cool as shit. It does have a ring to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this star has been a beacon for many different cultures basically f since the beginning of time. And Stuart Campbell thinks that this star is what Zamora saw, which I feel like... <laughs> how would he confuse seeing a star, even if the star had flared... Yeah, I don't know. How would he confuse that with physically, in his line of sight, seeing <laughs> a spacecraft or aircraft? Or balloon. Or balloon with humans near it. Not possible. These two do not equate visually. No. Stuart Campbell, just stop it. Yeah. No one wanted you here. You were just inserting yourself in the conversation to flex all of your knowledge about this star. Yeah, no one cares. We get it. It's the brightest one. Cool. Wow, you know about it. You know all the things. Whatever. Anyway, it has also been stated that Zamora was not the only person to observe this incident and that dozens of other people witnessed it all across the desert. So that's interesting. That's an, if it was a balloon in the candle, no one else is seeing that shit. Absolutely not. We're just debunking myths left and right. Yeah. Okay. We should have a show on... I was just going to say, we can't, We have a show. I mean, we should have like a... What, uh, a lot of the shit is on Discovery and like Travel Channel, I feel like. I have been wanting a Travel Channel show my entire life. And History Channel. Yeah, I feel like the Travel Channel is a little bit cooler. It, it does have a variety. And we can travel <laughs> to places and see the things. <laughs> We're going to go to England to study Woolpit. We're going to go to Norway to visit the site of the Isdal woman. Bruh. We're going to New Mexico for obvious reasons. We're going to go to Canada. Have we done it? We uh, The Alina... Thunderbird episode was well, Canada, and it's but, Canada, so and we just want to go to Canada. Um, okay, so that's kind of the whole story. Now we're going to talk a little aftermath, but it's not that much. Um, in 1966, the president of the Socorro County's Chamber of Commerce, Paul Ridings, proposed developing the site of Zamora's claimed UFO encounter to make it more accessible to tourists, because obviously people are like. I have to go there. There was aliens there. That's so thoughtful of him. It really is. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Thanks for opening your mind yeah. on this one. Yeah. Um, consequently, stone walkways and steps were built into the Oreo 
Oreo. <laughs> Oreo. It's called an Oreo from now on. Built into the Oreo uh, from the Mesa top with a rock walkway circling the supposed landing site that included some wooden, wooden benches. So, you know, they made it easily accessible so people could go up and down. Chill. They could sit on the bench. Have a picnic. Just, you know, study. Just be there. Wait for the craft to return and pick them up. Yeah. You know, the usual. Uh, But these (laughs) were actually built approximately a quarter mile from the actual (laughs) site. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, they built it so far away because there were local rumors that the original site was contaminated with radioactivity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here, just pretend this is where it landed. Oh, my God. All right. Well, Paul, come on. Good idea, poor execution. Ex- yes. Just just let them at your own risk. Yeah. I mean, if there's radioactivity here and then you just go a quarter mile... Are you really avoiding the radioactivity? That's exactly what I was about to say. Like, I think that shit disperses. Go ahead and take that risk. Yeah. Just I mean, get it. nobody lives in Chernobyl still, really. Right. <laughs> it, the whole place. <laughs> you're not moving down the street. Right. <laughs> okay. This is the 60s, though. Well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. In 2012... Socorro City officials Ravi Bosker. I don't know if the B is silent or the H. But Hosker and Pat Salome commissioned local artist Erica Burley to paint a mural on a spillway facing Park Street to commemorate Zamora's alleged UFO sighting. We gotta go now. Yep, Park Street in Socorro County, New Mexico. On our way. On our way. Zamora himself became so tired of the subject that he eventually (laughs) avoided ufologists and the Air Force, taking a job managing a gas station, and he died November 2nd, 2009, in Socorro from a heart attack. He was 76 years old. That's sad. This ruined his life. (laughs) These ufologists in the Air Force are just pestering the shit out of him. Poor Lonnie. I know. He just stumbled upon something and then couldn't get away from it forever. No. Poor fella. So Hmm. our theories um, and final thoughts are that obviously it was aliens. Duh. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Everyone knows it's aliens. It's obvious. Um, I mean, the only one that could have, I could have potentially believed would be the prank theory but it just it just doesn't it it, just doesn't make sense it doesn't work out it doesn't work out logistically nope nothing nothing is gonna work no no it's just it, it certainly was not a candle in a balloon no no so what y'all should do is let us know what you think yeah, and there is a right answer. Yeah, and if you get it wrong, <laughs> there are no consequences. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, that's our alien episode. Yeah, uh, we have to we have to do an alien episode every so often, or else I just feel like we're letting everyone down. Yeah, I mean, aliens are like my fave thing, um, but I do like that we just sprinkle them in here and there. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it much more exciting. It is windy as fuck right now. Yeah, we're under, like, a wind advisory right now. Some scary shit, bro. I mean, hopefully one of these trees falls in my house. Not on the pod pad, though. We'll rebuild it. Some scary shit. Yeah. As long as I'm here and I can, like, rescue the dogs, I don't give a shit what happens. I do love this house, but, you know. I get it. Insurance money and all. If a tree falls on my house, it's hitting the whole fucking thing. That is true. It'll be like, oh, living room, bathroom, kitchen, both bedrooms. Mm Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. 
I know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I just want to make a comment on our goal of having a tra- travel channel show. Yeah. We're going to try to turn, we're going to try and leverage the pod into a travel channel show. Perfect. And I think that in order to get that accomplished, we need to have the right manager. And our manager should be Chris Jenner. <laughs> Quit. That bitch knows how to manage some people and get them so much money. Well, you go ahead and send that email. I will send an email to the Chris Jenner and see if she wants to take us on as clients. Yeah. Um, and then Brody and Dakota can quit their jobs and just come with us. The dogs, the cats. Yeah. 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 And uh, the kids also. <laughs> so glad that you, you <laughs> included the kids <laughs> Oof. um i just feel like the direction that the kardashians are currently going i mean you've got pete davidson you've got travis barker they're getting edgier yeah i don't really want to be a part of them i want their money Oh, speaking of the Kardashians, um, just so everyone knows, there is going to be a new pod pet soon, um, and it's very exciting Mm -hmm. on my end. Yeah, I'm not getting a new pet. So we'll make that post when the time comes next week, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's going to be exciting. That's exciting. The family is growing. It's growing. Um, yeah, I don't know. We've been talking about getting another dog for multiple years and we just, you know. Just do it. We just, I just don't, I, I want a puppy, but I don't want to take care of a puppy. So here and here is the dilemma. Does anyone, anyone want to come nanny for me? Dog nanny, not human nanny. Yeah. Does anyone want a nanny for Madeline <laughs> herself? I mean, I can't always be trusted and you know this. Oof. Sometimes I'll just be out here fucking, like, eating cereal at 10 p.m. and, well, you know, not getting dressed for a couple of days. That's that's what being an adult is all about, really. That's right. This is what they don't tell you whenever you're young and growing up, that the main part of being an adult is that you don't have to always change your clothes and you can eat cereal whenever you want. Literally whenever you want. This is the highlight. Yeah. Being an adult isn't that bad. That's true. Being an adult is not that bad. <clears throat> Nobody gets to tell me what to do but me. Right. And I will always take that over anything else. Yeah. My body physically rejects when people tell me what to do. It's a perk about being an adult. That's for sure. Definitely. Um, before we forget, which I mean, we never would, I don't want that to sound shitty. Um, (laughs) Haley and Ariel, you are, uh, as always amazing, Mm -hmm. outstanding, talented, effervescent. We love you very much. That's right. That is right. And if throughout this episode, you still haven't like subscribed to the show or rated us. Or reviewed us. What's up with that? Go ahead and do that. Yeah. Easy, or easy. you won't know when we have our own travel channel show. Yeah, because we're giving updates exclusively to people who are subscribed, have rated, and have written reviews. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. You have to check all the boxes or you don't get the info. Yeah. And that is also where we will be updating you about our uh, status with Chris Jenner. <laughs> Uh, Don't want to miss out on that. That's right. Because you know what? They might be fucks and completely out of touch because they've been rich for too long. But, I mean, some gals need a leg up. Right. And who better than Chris Jenner to get us where we need to go? We will, you know, fire her as soon as we're successful. Right. Um. So, anyway, in the meantime, please, please... Just be kind to each other. And stay weird. Okay, bye. Bye.